Do your daily dose of facts to fight off the liberal gaslighting. You can be in the middle of a hurricane. You have sanctuary in the city of Chicago. Or you can be on a calm day. North is still north. You could be in a thunderstorm. I am angry. We are not going back. Not ever. North is still north. People can yell at you. The hell with the Supreme Court. We will defy them. North is still north. It doesn't change fundamental things. And in this business, right is still right, even if you stand by yourself. We don't get fooled again. No, no. Live across the fruited plain and from sea to shining sea, we are converting the Marxist left one hour at a time on the Wendy Bell radio program. Oh, hello, America, and beyond the fruited plain, welcome home to the Wendy Bell Radio Program, Common Sense Conservative Values, five days a week. And you can listen to us all the time you want, thanks to our app and the live stream, thanks to our podcast. We love being with you guys. Thanks so much for being here. Delighted, as always. Busy, busy show. We've got a tale of two Americas, I think. I think we could probably use that as a, as a theme any single day, because it seems so obvious. What side you're on. I don't understand these people who are wishy-washy in terms of polls, who are not sure, they're not committed, they don't know, I don't have enough of an opinion, come on. You know exactly what's going on in this country. You know what we're up against. You know what the people have tried to do to you, those who are in power. You know what beauty is dangling on the horizon, hopefully soon, in just about 11 months. And you know exactly what's happening. And I've got to have a story right out of the gates here after the pledge. And it's a direct uh, response to the United Nations. I think you guys might want to join me on this one. So we'll drop it right after this. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. I remember when I was a little girl, we were at the mall. My dad and my mom, my older sister Janet and myself. And I hated it. I hated shopping. I hated the stores. And I swear to you, I had to be the same size as all of the hanging things, the racks, so I would bonk into them with my face for like three years. Hated them. I got lost often. Would play in the circles where all the, ha- the hanging clothes are, I'd climb inside and play. My parents had no idea where I was. My dad admitted, and he said to me, you know what, Wendy, I think you're missing an X chromosome because most girls really love it here. Hated it. I'm a simple person. Don't need frills. Don't need fanfare. Don't need stuff. Don't need gifts. Period. Basic. Easy. And I like meat. right let's just call a spade a spade i like meat i don't care if you're a vegetarian a vegan i don't care whatever i like meat and i have five carnivore sons so when i read when i read this from the united nations i have just one very simple basic perhaps x chromosome challenged response to the united nations here's the headline united nations set to call on americans to reduce meat consumption Hey, United Nations, suck it. Nice try. 
World needs American farmers and ranchers more than the U.N., says the GOP chairman of the House Agriculture Committee. I agree. What are we doing? Are you seeing it? Every single day, it's one headline here. It's one organization there. It's the FDA waving a magic wand. It's one more of your rights and freedoms getting trampled. And, and so we literally are in this to America landscape. And I think, unfortunately, for those who are caught on the wave of that social justice awareness and wokeness and feeling the need to be a physical embodiment of something that does suck, right? I feel for these people because they don't know how little their quote-unquote team cares about them. They are pawns. They are players in this game. They are the collateral damage because at the table of the great supper, which awaits a select few elitists who want to rule the world, none of these people who are out protesting and gluing their hands to the pavement to disrupt the Macy's parade. Did you hear about the the pro-Palestinian wackos who protested outside Rosalind Carter's funeral, for God's sake. I mean, there, there are no morals. There's no decorum. There, there's no more class. And, and I guess we shouldn't be surprised because these are people who like to look like 15 different colors of hair and piercings all over the place and to look as, de- as decrepit as possible because it goes with the whole I'm angry kind of mentality. These people don't understand on their side of these two Americas that there is no America on their side. It's called serfdom. It's called you're a plebe. It's you're a, you're, a, you're a number. We don't care about you. You're a means to an end. You're a vote. You're a tax dollar. That's it. I don't care about you. And on the other side, there's something that I believe is threatening. It's got to be threatening when you see people who love, who, who are enthusiastic, who enjoy getting together to enjoy America, who celebrate our great history, who, who learn from all of the foibles that come with being human beings, but that fundamentally agree on one thing, that America is the greatest place in the world. And that one thing isn't debatable. It's not negotiable. We're not going to bargain with you over it. It's not like, well, if you give me some of this, I'll give you some of that. It's undeniable. And because we are steadfast in that belief, in that basic tenet, that feeling that pulses through you, you're a danger, you're a threat. And they don't understand your love. They don't understand your smile. And they don't understand that flag outside of your house as it opens and closes in the wind. They just don't. And so we're going we're gonna to share several stories with you today that really illustrate this battle. See, on the one side, they're fighting to destroy. And their destruction is wrapped in really nice words. Democracy. Justice. Equality. It's supposed to feel good. It's good window dressing. But when you look deeper, you see that it's really something very different. It is about division and hatred and anger and victims and all of this uselessness 
which bogs us down. On the other side, we're fighting for our opponents' rights as well as our own. Every day I do this show, I'm not talking about things that I specifically just want for you or for my family and me. I believe in the collective we. And the we involves people I viscerally dislike. And I have said a million times on this program, I hate everyone. And I feel that way often when I read the news. Certainly I do not. And I think this prevailing love, this unity that this MAGA or whatever you want to call this is, is very threatening to people who want to destroy. Now, to the UN who wants us to stop eating meat, get out. Move along. There's some big climate thing going on tomorrow. Starts tomorrow. So all these people from all over the world who browbeat you over what you do, you, you're the little person. Why do they care about you so much? These people haven't vaccinated their children. These people haven't cut back their carbon emissions. They don't feel guilty about their yachts. Jeff Bezos, half a billion dollar yacht. They don't feel at all other than entitled. Look, I earned this. This is me. I I do such good things for this planet. I get a pass. I can pollute however much I want. And all of these people are going to be meeting in this complete dichotomy of reality in Dubai. Right where it's riches and I mean, it's oil wealth and it's all sorts of stuff. I mean, why don't they meet in, I don't know, Philadelphia? Why, why, why do we never have these climate accords in, you know, Cleveland or Pittsburgh for that matter? Right. So all these folks are going to be going and they're going to be talking about all the things that you need to give up. Because if you don't give them up and you don't give them up right now, the consequences will be cataclysmic. And when you say that's stupid and everybody knows it's stupid, then they point a finger at you and say that you're a hater. It's so obvious. And it's wearisome. And I know you're as tired as I am. But every single day we've got to go through this because every single day there's another there's another set of ears Or another pair of eyes. Look what's going on in the black community. From 8% to 22% for Donald Trump. 16 to 20. 2016, 8% of the black community voted for Donald Trump. 22% voted for him in 2020. Think about the remaining 78% of just that one group of Americans. How many people are waking up? They need the reminder of where we are, what's going on, and how this has happened to us. And you're going to have some inconvenient truths today. Big news out of the Navy. A gentleman who's dared to step forward with that defense, medical, epidemiological database figure. The numbers of our military who've been injured by the vaccines that they had to take. Mind-numbing. The little boy, the Kansas City Chief fan, big news dropping out of that. I wonder why that sports reporter has deleted all of his tweets calling that child a racist. We could go on and on and on. And you're lucky because we're just getting started. And we've got a whole packed show for you. And it starts in minutes right here on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. You know, it's easy to forget that. President Trump is mired in four indictments. He's got these criminal cases, these cases 
not criminal case, but these cases in uh, in the public spotlight, one of them, this Letitia James woman, <clears throat> the attorney general of New York, who is a, you know, she has campaigned on destroying Donald Trump. That was what she was hired to do. That was her big deal. It wasn't about justice. It wasn't about doing things that were lawful. It wasn't about making the world a safer, better place. It was a singular tunnel vision focus, destroying Donald Trump. I feel I feel for people who have derangement. Who, who are triggered and who really don't have anything else joyful that we can see in their lives, that this is it. So something happened yesterday, which was kind of interesting. And I want to read this to you. This is from ZeroHedge.com. Did Deutsche Bank just destroy New York AG's case against Trump? Well, I saw this in my newsfeed and I was like, wait, what? Here's your story. A Deutsche Bank executive may have just tanked. New York Attorney General Letitia James' lawsuit against former President Donald Trump, which revolved around portraying the German lender as Trump's biggest victim in an alleged scheme to inflate his assets in order to obtain favorable terms from banks and insurers. So the predicate of this lawsuit is garbage, and it's been clearly illustrated that it's garbage. And the judge in the case, Erdogan, who is a triggered wacko who likes to take half-naked pictures of himself, okay, whatever, who has told people, including, you know, he's going to be found guilty. Wow, that's great. I'm glad we've got objectivism on the bench. This guy alleged that, I'm about to sneeze, so that's why I'm sniffling. I beg your pardon. (laughs) This judge and Letitia James have alleged the, the whole thesis of their argument is that Donald Trump went out and he got good rates, good uh, loan rates from these big banks for these monster projects he was building. Big hotels, casinos around the world, etc. And because he said, I'm Donald Trump, I'm worth X number of trillions of billions of dollars. He defrauded them. And somehow this Deutsche Bank was a victim of this terrible overinflated value fraud that they're claiming Trump was about. Well, he paid back all of his loans. He paid them on time. He paid them in full. Nobody ever lodged a complaint about him. So this is just crumbling. Here's your story, though. David Williams, who works directly with at least one of several loans obtained by Trump over several decades, testified in Manhattan yesterday that it's, quote, atypical but not entirely unusual for a bank to internally slash a client's stated asset values by 50 percent. And approve a loan anyway, as they did with Trump. Interesting. It just depends on the circumstances, Williams said. He's a managing director at Deutsche Bank. And now Deutsche Bank loaned hundreds of millions of dollars to Trump for properties in Miami, Chicago, Washington. They cut his stated net worth in 2011 and 2012 from about $4.2 billion to $2.3 billion according to internal bank credit memos. Now, these same documents indicated the bank approved the loans anyway because it expected them to generate a profit based on Trump's history of successful developments and other criteria. Trump, who denies wrongdoing and claims the case is politically motivated, is calling to the stand this week for current and former Deutsche Bank employees, including the family's former private banker, Rosemary Vrablich, as part of his defense case, okay? Now, the testimony completely undermines Letitia James' premise that Trump somehow defrauded the German bank. Quote, as part of our due diligence, we subject a client's asset value to adjustments. 
says William. Again, Williams, he's the managing director at Deutsche Bank. It's part of our underwriting process. We apply it to every client, regardless of what's reported. Is a difference of opinion in asset values between the client and the bank a disqualifying factor to extend credit? Trump attorney Jesus Suarez asked Williams. No, Williams replied. Well, why not? It's just a difference of opinion, Williams continued. I think we expect clients to provide information to be accurate. So what they're saying here is that Trump has a crime. He over overinflated. He inflated his value, his net worth, in order to try to con Deutsche Bank into giving it money it might not have otherwise given him. But what we learned yesterday was that Deutsche Bank had slashed his net worth, his value in their eyes, by half, which they say they commonly do when they're giving out big chunks of money to clients, to look at that client and to say, do we still believe this individual, if they were worth half, would be able to pay back this loan? And their answers, and four people will testify in this case, for Donald Trump, their answer will be a resounding yes. We never thought he wouldn't pay us back. He always paid us back before. Why wouldn't he pay us back now? Now, Letitia James, what does that do to your case? You don't have a case to begin with. You're throwing noodles against the wall. Letitia James, of course, the activist Democrat AG, said that Trump and his company falsified documents to banks and to insurers. That's a pretty big allegation. The judge in the case, Arthur Engeron, has similarly proven himself to be a partisan operative and not a neutral arbiter. He held Trump liable for fraud on the eve of the trial, resolving the biggest claim in the case and putting Trump's control of his assets at risk. Look, Donald Trump is going to make transparent the reality of the bogus claims that Letitia James has launched against him. And this is going to be out for everybody to see. You will hear crickets about it because it will be contrary to the narrative, which is sought to destroy him, get him off the ballot, remove him from our consciousness, in somehow, in some way, cause a damaging blow to this whole idea of MAGA. What these people don't understand is that we exist without Donald Trump. That love of country is not a Donald Trumpian thing. He might be the leader of the Republican Party, but MAGA came before Donald Trump. MAGA will exist long after Donald Trump. MAGA is what is going to rewrite history and put this country back on the correct course. And because these clowns have poked the bear too many times, their cases will blow up in spectacular fashion. Unless, of course, a judge in the case decides to overrule the jury. Don't go anywhere. When we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio program, going after your political opponent. Didn't Trump get impeached that first time for for that, right? Well, they're doing it big time. And we've got proof of it. Heavily redacted documents that we got our hands on next on the Wendy Bell Radio program. Oh, boy, these court cases are really getting interesting. You know, at first, when you look at something, oh, my God, they're being sued. The good thing about Trump, he's got limitless resources, not limitless. But I mean, come on, the guy's a billionaire. And I think he should be able to sue them for wrongful prosecution. And instead of having taxpayer dollars come out of it, it should be from those individuals bank accounts. Really? 
You people suck. You should pay a price. Here's a story, though. I think you need to hear this. Heavily redacted documents related to search warrant for Trump's Twitter account released. These people are so rabid. They want to know everything this man tweeted. They want to know who he followed, if anybody. They want to know who followed him. That's the darker part. Do you guys follow President Trump? Because like 90 million people did on Twitter before they kiboshed him. Do you really think that your government should be able to surveil every keystroke, every like, every follow, every meme? Do you think they should be able to track where you go? Use bank information to figure out where you've spent money, who you've donated to, and then come after you as political persecution? I don't. They do. Special counsel Jack Smith's uh, comprehensive search warrant for information. This is going to blow up in this dude's face. Hey, Jack, you're a schlub. I'm sorry, but you're such a schlub. Are you from the Merrick Garland School of Justice? (laughs) Special counsel Jack Smith's comprehensive search warrant for information related to Donald Trump's Twitter account sought the 2024 Republican presidential primary frontrunner's Search history, drafted tweets, blocks, and mutes. Why would you want to know what somebody drafted but didn't send? Ooh, there's got to be something dark and dirty in there that we could then go run out and leak to the New York Times or the Washington Post or maybe this Karan Phillips hack from Deadspin to butcher and put out there as fake news. The special counsel also demanded a list of all devices used to log into the account and information on users interacting with Trump. Users interacting with Trump. Wow. Heavily redacted court filings show. The search warrant issued in January against the company now known as X, Twitter, was among several documents released by the Justice Department Monday as part of a lawsuit brought by media organizations seeking sunlight on the special counsel's investigation into Trump's actions leading up to the January 6, 2021 riot at the U.S. Capitol. Isn't it so disturbing? It was a setup. They had actors. They had informants. They had law enforcement there. They had people ginning up the crowd. Capitol Police excessive force, doing some dumb stuff, all of it in one big ball of wax. And it was Donald Trump's fault. And so because of that, we've got to go and hunt and peck in every single thing he's ever tweeted. And if that means they uncover you as a part of this, it just sucks to be you. Sucks to have traveled in to the Washington, D.C. area on January 6th because now you're part of a terror watch list. The TSA has flagged you, and now you're being tracked by them. Feels so American, doesn't it? The filings shed some light on what investigators were looking for when they issued the warrant against the social media company owned by Elon Musk. They initially delayed in complying, resulting in $350,000 fine leveled against the company. There's some squirrely stuff about this, though, friends. And because of that, I'm going to bounce back to something that Julie Kelly has written on her substack called Declassified. Declassified with Julie Kelly. Just to let you know how ridiculous this hunt and peck endeavor is, 
how deeply deranged and triggered these people are and what a danger one single man poses to the machine. It's breathtaking. Working with the Obama-appointed chief judge of D.C. federal court, special counsel Jack Smith squeezed Twitter for Trump's data and a hefty fine for contempt. Both claimed Trump was a flight risk. Wow. They claimed if the government got his direct messages, he would flee the country. They are special counsel Jack Smith and D.C. District Court Judge Beryl Howell. He, of course, is former President Donald Trump. Taking advantage of an undoubtedly hectic time a few months after Elon Musk finalized his purchase of Twitter in October 2022, the Department of Justice attempted to serve the company with a court-ordered search warrant seeking all records related to Donald Trump's Twitter account. But Jack Smith, who has unlimited resources, a large staff of experienced attorneys and investigators, and an unjustifiable reputation among the expert legal class as a by-the-book prosecutor, well, he didn't do it the old-fashioned way. One of Smith's associates, this is important, when you want to serve a search warrant and you're going to go against somebody like Donald Trump, anybody, you serve it directly to a legal representative. I am so-and-so. I represent such-and-such. Here is this search warrant. I'm giving it to you, lawyer of said person. This is what we're looking for. That's not what Jack Smith did. One of Smith's associates apparently filed the search warrant on Twitter's website under its legal requests page on January 17th, but that didn't work. So they tried again two days later, leaving an unprecedented search warrant on a former president of the United States in some rando's inbox. Hearing no response, no duh. Smith's office on January 25th contacted Twitter's legal counsel who informed the government she hadn't heard anything about the warrant. That's like you going into somebody's contact us page and up comes a box and you plug in your your name hi i'm wendy and blah, blah, blah. this is my email this is what i'm writing that is what jack smith's office did they they went to that contact us on twitter and said hey we've got this that why would you do that well for a purpose twitter's legal counsel had no idea hadn't seen anything smith's response jack smith special prosecutor in this case Smith's response basically was too bad. Twitter, he warned, had two days to produce the data or else. Now, those are just a few of the juicy details contained in a new 34-page appellate ruling upholding Howell's order to force Twitter to hand over everything on Trump's Twitter account, including direct messages, drafts, possibly deleted tweets. Smith convinced Howell, Beryl Howell, the judge, not a heavy lift for a judge who continues to issue landmark rulings against Trump, including piercing attorney-client privilege between the former president and his private lawyer, that the DOJ needed Trump's private Twitter archive as part of its investigation into efforts, quote, to alter the outcome of of a valid national election for the leadership of the executive branch of the federal government and to assess whether that activity crossed lines into criminal culpability. So again, as idiotic as the lawsuit alleging that Trump overvalued his company's worth, this lawsuit is predicated on garbage, that January 6th was an insurrection, that there was an overthrow attempt of the federal government, 
and that because Donald Trump encouraged people to go peacefully and to make them their voices heard, that he was the leader of the pack. He was the instigator. He is the guy who incited an alleged rebellion. Of course, all of that is garbage, but don't let that get in the way of going to court to try to dig into the constitutionally protected First Amendment protected rights of a president. Okay. But that's not all that Smith and Howell, an Obama appointee, excuse me, who served as the D.C. district's chief judge until a few months ago, demanded of the social media company's new ownership. A non-disclosure order accompanied the search warrant, meaning Twitter could not notify its user, Donald Trump, about the legal proceedings for 180 days. Wait, what? So we're going to come to you. We have a warrant for this stuff. Normally, if we were sane or not do you know devious we would go through twitter's legal counsel instead we just filed it on your on your website you didn't see it that's on you now you have 48 hours clock is ticking you better hurry up chop chop we want all this stuff and oh by the way we're also going to add this other sliver of suck to it and we're going to prevent you from letting the person know donald trump that we're investigating him we need 180 days to dig without this dude knowing about it and so therefore, shh, you must be silenced. So what was the basis for that non-disclosure order? Well, Smith and Howell apparently argued in filings, in hearings, which are still under seal. We haven't gotten access to those. Was the Stored Communications Act. I'm sure you guys are familiar with that. You've heard it all the time, right? Of course you haven't. A provision in the act allows a judge to instruct service providers not to disclose the existence of a warrant based on five potential harms endangering the life or physical safety of an individual flight from prosecution destruction of or tampering with evidence intimidation of potential witnesses or otherwise seriously jeopardizing an investigation or unduly delaying a trial at at some point and again we may never know since the entire case is under seal with the exception of the appellate court decision we're talking about here. Smith warned that Donald Trump was a flight risk in order to meet the act's non-disclosure requirements. Howell agreed. The judge in the case said, yeah, yeah, agreed. Stating that she also, excuse me, this was an attorney. She, she stated that she found reason to believe that the former president would flee from prosecution. You, you kidding me? Can you guys see Donald Trump hopping on Trump one and flying? Where would he go? Where would he go? Davos to hang out with Klaus Schwab. I mean, where would he go? This is the dumbest thing in the world. The guy who is the face of the United States of America is going to get on his plane and flee prosecution because you weenies have concocted some silly story that he is the mastermind behind January 6th. That it was because of him that all these people took his marching orders and went, oh, to the Capitol. Even though all the video we see coming out tells you a very different story. This is where we are. And as if to rescue Howell from her own absurd accusation that one of the most famous men in the world would hop on his golden jetliner to escape to some godforsaken land upon learning a creepy special counsel and his creepy investigators would be reading his Twitter activity from three years ago. The appellate panel insisted Howell, quote, did not rely 
on risk of flight in her ultimate analysis. Right. Guys, two Americas. One, trying to do what's right, being good. The other, trying to sink the good side. Mm. And it gets worse. Coming up on the Wendy Bell Radio program. Now might be a good time to just completely blow up the RNC. Do you think Ronna McDaniel and her plastic face knows? Do you think they know that their clock is ticking? We'll talk about it coming up next. You know, to see a Newsweek headline, Donald Trump followers targeted by FBI as 2024 election nears. If you're on the side of America now, as we talk about the battle of these two Americas, if you're on the side that you believe it's perfectly reasonable for someone who believes in the values represented by a Trump candidacy, if you believe that we should be surveilled, that we should be harassed, that we should be on watch lists, that we should have terror threat tags for really nothing other than how we we feel, how we vote, how we live our lives. If you think that is okay, there's something seriously the matter with you. These, these Democrats will say that if Trump is elected, he's going to do all of these things that they've already been doing. It's a curious finger-pointing thing. The federal government believes that the threat of violence and major civil disturbances around the 2024 U.S. presidential election is so great that it has quietly created a new category of extremists that it seeks to track and to counter. Donald Trump's army of MAGA followers. The challenge, though, for the FBI is to pursue and to prevent what it calls domestic terrorism, which is not of course, without directly referencing political parties or affiliations. And they have had a really difficult time saying that because all they talk about is MAGA. MAGA, 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 MAGA. MAGA. I think even Justin Trudeau, Lord Farquaad in Canada, I think he's blaming MAGA, (laughs) MAGA thought processes for all the problems there to our north. it's, It's absurd. Surveilling people who love this country. I want to know where the pushback is. I want to know where I want to know where the RNC is. If the RNC is worth anything and they're not, there would be a much stronger apparatus of not just fundraising, but of activism, of cherry picking people who actually are who they say they are. They're not rhinos. They're not they're not moderates. They're not wishy-washy, but instead they are focused. They are transformative. And they want to transform this country back to what it was before Democrats and crazy rolled into 1600 Pennsylvania. This is interesting from Revolver News. Is this the smoking gun to finally remove Ronna McDaniel? One could only hope. If there is one rhino bum the article says whom the american first base would love to see removed it's ron and mcdaniel and i agree when this woman isn't spending thousands on plastic surgery fancy new clothes she's busy advancing the interests of the gop 
establishment. Thanks to Rana, we're stuck with rhino candidates who have zero interest in promoting the America First agenda. And that is precisely how she wants to keep it. And this is where Trump has to get involved. We need a new head of the RNC. They need to Kevin McCarthy, Ron and McDaniel. There's no reason for us to have presidential debates right now. Most recent poll I saw showed Trump up 50 over DeSantis, 56 over Nikki Haley. What are we doing? We are wasting money for quote unquote televised debates run by leftists who suck that run up against the country music awards or whatever it was. That's super, super, super planning. Nobody's watching them. Nobody cares. Few people, I should say, care in the big picture. And this is money that's dwindling in the coffers. We already said yesterday, the lowest pot of money in the RNC's coffer since 2015, right before Donald Trump came in. When Trump came in, that RNC pot of cash, which is now, was it, $9 million? was up to $61 million. And still, Ron and McDaniel had a difficult time landing, securing victories in key places where Republicans were running. Why do we still have this woman in charge? And so now there is a loud call. And in fact, our friend Scott Pressler on social media, the persistence. This is the guy who travels America and signs people up to become registered Republican voters. And he's done it thousands and thousands. I mean, grassroots is his middle name. And he put it out there. He says the RNC has big problems. 9.1 million cash on hand, lowest since February 2015. The debates have flubbed. One of them even scheduled the same night as the CMAs. The frustration reached a boiling point in November of the, just weeks ago when we saw what happened. Not a great election success story for Ron and McDaniel. Something has to change. So the question is, is Donald Trump paying attention? Because this is not going to end well. If this woman is in charge and we know that she is not hook, line, and sinker for anything we care about, she is a an operative. She is a uniparty swamp creature machine acolyte. It is what she is. How many times does she have to prove what she is before we grow a pair and say you out? Unfortunately, the only person I believe who can do that is Donald Trump. Will he? Darn well better. Let me tell you what's coming up next. Hour number two of the Wendy Bell radio program. You know, things are not going well for this sports reporter at Deadspin. He's the guy who looked at the young fan at the, at the Kansas City Chiefs game over the weekend. Kid wearing an Indian headdress, right? Had his face painted. Guy said he was a double bigot. He obviously was was racist, had the black face paint. That was blackface, he said. And then mocking the Native American culture. Well, this guy just got a kick in the eye. Uh, you know what? Oh, poor guy. Turns out the little boy is a Native American. I got all <laughs> I got all the details coming up next on the Wendy Bell Radio program. <laughs> <laughs> 